here what's up everybody it's drew welcome back to the show mindset to mike episode number three i believe is that right number three full length number three messing around the train is on the tracks and it's chugging along right (laughs) (laughs) all aboard bitches dude it's hot out in akron today what you know about heat, bro? It's been 110. You got that weak heat, though. That's a different heat, dude. We got hot heat. Uh-huh. Got hot heat. Got that muggy heat. It's, it's 90, heat. 91 degrees, dude. Yesterday, I don't even really sweat. Yesterday, I had under boob sweat coming through my shirt. It's cause... <laughs> I'm 165 pounds. And I had under boob sweat. That's a problem. Soaking wet. Oh, you're only 165 pounds. No I'm joke. No, I'm one set like 174. Uh, we are same. Yeah, look at I'm us. About 170. I'm just a little taller. 70, I think. Yeah, big old dome and shit. Well, that's for the post game. Top heavy for the post game. I can't be stopped down there. <laughs> can't be, can be leaning on nobody with a little baby head. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately for Elliot, he's going to have a dome just like me, but it just contains a giant ass brain. So there you go. More room for reading, I suppose. Well, anyway, uh, or we're back. We'll listening. quit bullshit and get into it here, man. We, uh, we're going to talk about – so we're both like the same place in that book we've been reading, uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life. And there wasn't much from the last few chapters that we, uh, you know, like enjoyed or – or not enjoyed but thought necessary to talk about. Um, but there was one chapter called Doing Work, right? And it's about um, – I did kind of, I did enjoy this one. It was about – uh, just being at work and and how to how to maximize productivity and all that good stuff. Um, the average person spends ninety thousand hours in his life working. Isn't that crazy, dude? That's that's that is insane. Like, think about that. What uh, this chapter dives into, I'm sure we'll get in more detail, but. That's a lot of time to be spending doing something. Yeah, to fucking hate, yeah, and that's you know? what that's kind of what he's getting at here is like, um, <laughs> yeah, you're, that's. And then if if you hate your job, you sp- they say that you spend uh, nearly another ninety thousand hours hating your job outside of the time you're actually at your job hating it. So it turns into, you know, you're rocking like one hundred eighty thousand hours of just suck out of your whole life. Just, I'm just hate. You're unadulterated yeah. suck, <laughs> and that ain't good. So the one thing though, like. Um, that I kind of disagree with is so dependent on your situation. Not everybody has the ability to just do what they love. You know what I mean? Because we all got bills to pay at at least in the beginning. So um, the thing to me is your job might suck, but you just got to figure out how to see the piece of it that don't suck. You know what I mean? Like if you got to be there anyway, so while you're there, you might as well just absolutely kill it. For sure. I, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, even just like surrounding yourself with people at work that, you know, you can make the day a little more fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like shit like that. I mean, who? I mean, I'm, we'll talk about our careers a little later, too. But 
spray foam isn't my passion, dude, <laughs> so, you know. But I mean, where, where I'm at and how I got here, you know, attributed, it can attribute to like just making fun of my work environment and like not making fun of it, like making fun yeah. of it. And, and the uh, the key for me is always, and I'm I'm not like crazy fired up about copiers, but the <laughs> and <just laughs> right. copiers and, and paper products, but the uh the way i see it you just gotta crush it like why why if i gotta be here from eight to five every day you better believe while i'm here i'm busting my ass and i'm gonna make like and it only makes it way easier that's right make the time fly by um something in this chapter though that uh i am like i almost quit reading this whole book i almost lit this book on fire when i read this because he's got this pro tip in here that says it's a, we talked about sitting, standing, and movement because how you know how shitty people's ergonomics are. You sit in a chair all day, blah blah blah. Cross your mm-hmm. legs. Which speaking of crossing legs, I've noticed this. Tell me if you've noticed this. So I only recently started crossing my legs when I'm sitting down, like like, like ankle on knee, like the half seat, or yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were doing like uh, knee on no, knee. no, no, dude. Well, that's what I'm getting at here. I do ain't well, old dudes do I, that. No, man. I don't even I've think noticed. it's old dudes. I think it's it's your income level. If you oh, take a look next well, time you're around some people that are knee to knee, because I do ankle to knee, and I'm like I'm not a baller by any means, but I do okay, and I feel like that's when I started doing ankle to knee. That's like that's like upper middle class. That's exactly right. And then you notice if you're in a room with somebody that's knee to knee. One, I always thought it was it was kind of like, like I, I yeah, funny. it was just weird looking, like like, like funny, ha ha, or funny, <laughs> funny both. Like, where's your dong at, dude? But uh, now <laughs> I notice, like all the people I know that do it are making bank. Yeah, like that guy better be picking up the check. Man. He's over there fucking <laughs> Pick up the check you know or I mean? uncross your legs, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you got one coming out. No, so that's bro. my goal. Eventually, I want to be knee to knee, dude. I can't do it. My body won't do it right now, but maybe no. if I get this big raise, I'll be knee to knee. Anyway, I feel like I'm just too athletic to go. Yeah, knee-to-knee. that could be. That I'm, you know, we're. Uh, I can't speak for you, but I'm an athletic freak, and my knees don't touch like that. I'm the most unflexible human being, anyway. It, unfle- yeah, that's if unflexible is even a word, but I can, like, I mean, I'm in. I'm in bad shape. Hey, all right, anyways, I digress. This dude was talking about ergonomics, and he said, pro tip, better shoes and toe spreaders. So oh, he yeah. even says, nothing yeah. dorkier than wearing your five-finger shoes to, out, to the office or out to dinner. I, like, I, I cannot handle it when I see people wear shoes that got every toe in them. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Those weird, uh, like yeah. – or like the runners, like Joe Rogan is like raves about those I can't those stand too. it. It freaks me it, out so bad. It's like being barefoot, but you're not. You remind you know. me of a dude who would try that out. <laughs> hey, hey, bro, I'm about to go run this mountain <laughs> with a pair of those joints. I mean, I get it. You probably get extreme traction. It's just weird, dude. Your toes don't – get your toes <laughs> back together. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like – I don't know, but I feel like girls have the ability to like super spread their toes. <laughs> have you noticed that? Can Lucy? Can Lucy do that? I too? don't know. I don't pay attention. Probably, you might Dude, be right. I'll... Kate, Kate will do like she's she can like spread them like spread eagle. I'm like, I'm gonna get you like two pairs of gloves for Christmas. <laughs> you can put them puckers on your. She's feet. like smoking cigarettes with her toes. <laughs> it's so weird to me dude i can like she wants to like you know how when you grab someone's hand you can interlock your finger yeah. and shit or whatever 
If you're holding, like, she could do that with her toes. Oh. <laughs> she might. Like, it's weird. That is weird. Yeah. That's flexible toes. She can crack crack her toes with her toes. Like, pull on them. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> On a level, man. Oh, man. Well, anyway, yeah, toe spreaders. I'm not into that, but, um, well, that's kind of it out of the book. For, to be honest, I, <laughs> <laughs> if you learned if you learned one thing today, toe spreaders spread suck. your fucking toes out, weirdos. Uh, and go knee to knee if you want to make bank. Yep, income level through the roof. Testosterone might drop a little bit. Yep, your your wallet will increase for sure. Um, but he did talk about in here like uh, working effectively, which is super important. Uh, like I've. Um, I, there's a couple things we talk about our careers here in a second that I've like, like a couple like high level rules that like I have that I've noticed that I, I have and um, that I think has really helped me. And one of them though is, um, is just being able to prioritize because yeah. especially in, you're in an office situation where emails are flying in all day, not every email needs answered immediately. Um, and he talks yeah. in here about, um, the, like the average response time to an email is, is like 60 seconds. But what's interesting is when you, when you're responding that quickly, it takes you another 60 seconds to get back to whatever task you were doing. So you're taking yourself yeah, away waste, from wasted time. Exactly. Um, but if you want to go ahead and jump off with the career thing, man, what, what do you do? You know, how long you've been doing it? You got a pretty interesting one. Yeah, so I work for a company called ICP Adhesives and Sealants. Not to be confused well, with Insane Clown Posse <laughs> Adhesives and Healants. Adhesives <laughs> um, But it was a formerly uh, company known as FOMO Products. Uh, we manufacture uh, spray polyurethane uh, foam products. And I, this is my 12th year going in. So I started out there right out of high school. Um, as a temp, you know, working on the line, doing like miscellaneous jobs around the factory itself, you know, making like eight bucks an hour or something. Ugh. And then, uh, yeah, dude. But back then, you, like, what we were eighteen, dude. Eight, yeah, right. Eight bucks an hour at eighteen. You your your knee over, to knee. Overtime, dude. I was knee to knee with, <laughs> with my <laughs> knee to knee in the, the the before I was even drinking, man. Yeah. Legally, but. <clears throat> yeah, I started out there as a temp, kind of uh, got hired in with there. They saw some potential with me, I guess. Uh, so I got hired in and just kind of moved around the manufacturing uh, facility and doing different jobs, whether it be filling the cylinders or, you know, everything that we got going on. And then uh, about a month or two later, I was promoted to a, another uh, department where they do a larger refillable uh, cylinders and we opened up a new building. So I was one of the first employees in a new building over there on Roman road by uh, Roland acres mall. And I would thrive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then kind of just, you know, worked my way around there. I was, you know, involved in shipping. I was involved in blending. I would offload tankers of chemical, you know, we'd get, you know, 40,000 pounds of chemical delivered at a time. And, you know, I'd be the guy that did that, calling all the trucks, you know, make make batch blending, you know, mix the chemicals together and stuff, and, and run pretty much most of the operations uh, over there, being there being only two or three employees in there. Um, so once I got to that point, then I 
they they moved more of the operation over there as we expanded and I gained uh you know a coordinator role in which I did for probably two two years coordinating coordinating uh different departments that I've previously worked in so it was a pretty easy transition for me and then what do you mean what is it what does uh, that mean coordinating so a coordinator would be so you have like your line operators which would be so I'd manage like help ex anything that I could do to help execute that day's schedule. So like focusing on like the daily operations at a little bit of a higher level than the guy that, that you know would just come in and, and do his specific job. You know. <clears throat> so I would do that. I was doing that for about two years and then I was promoted to a supervisor role, which would be the next layer. Super. Up. Uh it'd be it was super. Super cool, super cool role, I called it. <laughs> uh, so then that was just, you know, I, then I had a coordinator that reported to me that I could, you know, have him focus on some of the smaller day-to-day -day tasks. And I would look at things on a weekly basis, like making the schedule, you know, managing inventory levels, you know, all the, pers the bullshit that comes along with personnel. Side so note, that's one of the things I don't miss at all is like being uh, responsible for, for people uh, yeah <laughs> you know? i mean i i understand it and I, I was actually really good at it managing people but these there's some interest like i don't know especially dealing with with people that are like i don't know how to say this without being like not pr but there's some sketchy people that come rolling in that's a factory work oh yeah you know the temp agencies and stuff hey and what's what's it's, pr it's, Public relations. Oh, I thought you meant PC, politically correct. Well, that oh. that too, or Puerto yeah. Rico, or Puerto yeah, Rico. I know what you're talking about. Though you, you're in a factory setting, you got temps in and out all day. Usually, not um, you know folks that are long term invested in the <laughs> job anyway. So you're not really getting their their uh, best effort. Yeah, and it's, you know, high turnover, so it's always throwing a wrench in your schedule because you need people, you need bodies to get things done, yeah. and then somebody doesn't show up or someone shows up drunk. You know, that's happened before. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You just got, just got to deal with, like, the most random shit that you, like, what is, like, makes you look, because these people are, like, 40, 50 years old. Like, what are your priorities? <laughs> like, you're, it's 8 a.m. and you're hammered at work right now. Yeah, like, did you, yeah, it's unreal to me that, that people live their lives yeah. that way. But, but anyways... So I uh, moved to uh, the supervisor role, did that for about two years. And now, now I'm probably like six years in, you know, with the company and I've gained the supervisor role. And then uh, we had some, some different lead structures change as far as management goes, which opened up some more opportunity for me to move back to our other facility and become plant superintendent uh, in which I ran oversaw the operations of that specific as facility. a young buck too you know, how we, old were you yeah uh, 24 yeah, young buck superintendent that's, i mean that's that's pretty big yes and that's another struggle i i found like coming up in the in the game as a, as a young buck was some of the most of the people reporting i mean i was the youngest person in in my uh department yeah you know i mean i had maybe had one or two guys or gals that were younger than me that working for me on the line. But for the most case, most people that reported to me, you know, had 10 plus years on me. Yeah. So you got to bridge that one, the communication gap, but two, yeah. you got to, you got to earn the respect. 
Exactly. They they they're like, who the hell is this guy and telling me what to do and stuff. But uh, the way I handled that, which what's worked really well for me. Luckily, I had the advantage that I had already done their job mm-hmm. that they're doing, so they couldn't tell me like or give me excuses because I'm like, I've done you know I've literally done every single job in this in this company yep. uh, on the operations side. So I I understand your frustrations when they come up because I lived them. You know that's why. I'm here to help implement, you know, whether it be product improvement stuff or, you know, general workstation issues that we can make, you know, maximize efficiencies or whatever. So you can't, can't feed me that line. You know, I've had, I've gone to where, where people were talking crazy, like they're, you know, real upset about something and I was like, just go home. And then I would just take, take over their line for the rest of the day. Yeah. And then that's kind of how I built that rapport, you know, and, and respect level. I'm like, well, you can't argue that, right? Yeah. Because for one, I've done it, and then if I'm willing to understand why you're upset, and then tell you to go home, and I'll do it, and then I'm the one that's sitting there doing it all day. You, I mean, you can't really come back and bitch about that. Yeah, and people respect when you when you know your stuff, like regardless of age. So you know, at first it's like, oh, you got me reporting to this young ass dude, but then you know, really quickly when they see that you really know your stuff. Um, and then if you're just a good yeah. person overall and you're, you're, you know, you're their leader, then, uh, people can, right. people can buy in really quickly when they know that you got all the right intentions and you really do know your shit. Yeah. And I, I was never one, one of the managers to sit in the office and, you know, stare at a computer or whatever, you know, I'd go out and I'd, make the rounds to every workstation to see how everyone's doing. I'd give them, you know, help them out for a little bit. They're packing, you know, I'd stand there and help them. Serve leadership, baby. Right. Yeah, exactly, man. That That's how, that's how you create a, a, a better work environment. Even, mm-hmm. you know, people want to work for you. And then when you, if you're, if you're that kind of manager and something does come up, like we need to have a rush order or something, you know, when you got some last minute overtime that needs to happen, you know, people will typically volunteer and they're happy to help because they, they respect yep. you and they want that, you know, they want to do good by for you, by you. So, but, okay. So now, now I'm the plant superintendent kind of took on that role for about a year, maybe a little more. And then, uh, a position came available uh, on the other side of the wall in the technical group Ooh. as product product manager. So this is where I made my shift from kind of like the blue collar, you know, factory work side, you, you know, weren't uniform in every day with the, with the, with the, you know, a button up on knee to knee. Yeah. And I got my own office, right? I'm going knee to knee for sure. Big now. dog out here. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I took on a role as, as a technical product manager. So with that, I was building materials, you know, our ERP system that houses, you know, all of our items, our pricing, our order entry, like everything that happens from a customer purchasing an order to manufacturing it, to shipping it out. So everything, that whole software, I kind of facilitated all the items and, you know, how things are made you know, which generates work orders and, and all that fun stuff on the operations side. So, which was also a very easy transition because I already understood how the business operates, you know, as far as product goes and the product flow. So it was super easy for me to, to jump into this role. And one of the other key, um, this, uh, key parts of the job description was 
facilitating like project and and products themselves so maybe the sales team had an idea or the our or lab or scientists created a new formulation. So how would we roll that into actually being manufactured? So uh, very instrumental in like developing the, the product and process flow that gets all different departments involved that need to be in order to launch a new product or, or uh, a, a new program as far as related to, to products. You know, um, not to derail you, but what's clear, like a, a common theme there, and it's been the same for me too, is when you, when you know the business from all different angles, and you can and you can make decisions, uh, knowing how they're going to affect every different piece of the business, no matter what the business is or the or what the sector is. If you can, you know, you know it from from each side, then you're you're unique already because most people go to work and they just want to do their job. And then they don't care about anybody yeah. else's job. But if you're somebody that's killing it and then you, you've been through all these different roles, so you understand the business from every angle and you know how every decision you make is going to affect someone else on the other side of the building or in the other department yeah. and how ultimately it's going to affect your organization. Dude, you skyrocket. It, it's, it's invaluable yeah. because you, it's, it's, people like that are really hard to come by and you just become someone who you can do anything. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly the case. You know what? Just to kind of go back and see how I've been able to expedite is exactly that. So how did I become supervisor and all this of all these departments and stuff? It was every time there was an opportunity or someone called out or, you know, maybe this department was working overtime Saturday. They're looking for volunteers. I was with the first one with my hands up, you know, yep. or I get done with my, my job early, you know, whatever I need to do for that day, my schedule was done. So I would go to another department and help out or just, Go watch, you know, a new process or a new, you know, new product being produced. Put another tool so, in your tool belt, another little notch on your belt, and before you, you know it, you're Tim the Toolman Taylor out here. That's it. That's it, bro. And then, um, so that's another thing. Like you, so you're 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 in your own department. You have your own tasks and stuff, and people just want to stick to that, which which is totally fine. You know, I guess if, if that's all you want to do, you know, if you don't want to advance or anything. But you got to think like people, other departments, you know, like there's a shipping department, you know, there's operations department, there's a technical department, depending on what, what kind of organization you're in. But you got you to gotta look at those departments as your customers. You know, that's a good way to, to look at it. Yep. Like you guys need, so whatever they need, you need to try and, you know, facilitate to success on, on their level as well to help them out and, and return their, you know, typically would do the same for you. And it just be, creates like a, a really good mesh of communication and everything's woven together pretty, pretty nicely. And if you're thinking about what you, in your career, you should always be thinking about your personal brand, what, what your yeah. brand is. If you're thinking about that, you have to look at everybody as a customer, no matter if they work for you, if you work for them, if they're in another department, if you're looking at everybody as a customer and you're treating everybody that way, then selfishly, because you're thinking about your own brand and that's fine. And next thing you know, like everybody recognizes you as the person they can come to for anything because your customer right. service to them is impeccable. So yeah. the next thing you know, everybody needs you for something from, from all different sides of the business or whatever it may be. Everybody, they, they rely on you. They need you. They want to come to you for things. And then what an easy way to get noticed. So now your personal brand is the dude who can do everything. The dude everybody likes being around and can use for everything. The guy that impacts the business way more than just his own job. And then uh, you certainly won't be disappointed when it's uh, promotion or raise time. 
Yeah, and it's just leverage. And pe- people want instant gratification. So people want compensated before they do anything. Yeah, That's part right. of the problem, too. And it, just, it doesn't work like that, you know? If, if you stay true to your work ethic and, and want advancement and show, and like, I, I always got where I'm at. I never asked for anything, I mean, until I got, you know, later on in my career. Um, but it typically came because someone above me noticed and appreciated it. Yeah, and that's when the opportunity came became available. So that's when I so now I'm in the uh, product management role. You know, I also manage our our Japan account, which was kind of like a, a another division. Yeah, you went to Japan, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was an awesome opportunity. A little weird. Yeah, it is strange, man. But I I recommend anyone going. Maybe it's not Japan, but any other country or you know different. Surround yourself with something different, different culture. It really changed yeah. my life and how I look at things because, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of things that are totally different that would totally change the way that you perceive life and like just the way that they treat each other and the respect level is something other that is, that is very rarely found here. You know, the way they do business and conduct themselves and. I mean, those people over there will kill themselves at the desk, and it's like honorable, you know, shit like that. But kill himself at the desk. People die at 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 work for what? Work because they're dedicating themselves to that company, dude. Oh my god, that's a real thing. Yeah, put (laughs) that on your resume, dude. I'll die for your company. (laughs) Right, I'll I'll do it. You hire me. I'll end this fucking thing. It's crazy. Damn. um, do you run into uh, Chris Tucker over there or Jackie Chan? Oh, yeah, our shower, dude. I heard they're still looking for the triad. That's what I heard. <laughs> I don't know. Push a button. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that little uh, little push a button. Easy, man. I'm going to save that. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. Oh, <laughs> you got to edit that out, man. Context. Uh, Context. <laughs> I'm never going to know. You're gonna have like well, she's probably 19- forty now, so I'm fine. <laughs> They're gonna have like nineteen action news at your door. Tomorrow. Oh, here we go. <laughs> anyway, you're in but, Japan. Yeah, that's all. That Experiencing that culture totally changed changed my life for sure. I, I'd recommend anyone if they can do some uh, travels outside of the the country, not Canada either. I mean, Canada's actually really cool in there. They're, Oh yeah, way to, way to save that there. one, huh? You just bash Canadians, <laughs> and then you want to try to pick up the pieces well, people, right afterwards by well, saying Canada's cool. not that much that not that much different from from uh, here, in my my opinion. But if you if you want to go like go somewhere like Japan or I guess Europe would be another good spot. Totally different culture. Hit something right. you know real out that's, of your comfort that's, zone. That's the goal, right? Expand. Yeah, well, you just our whole Canadian fan base is probably off board now. Well, all three of them are gone. <laughs> there was three. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway, so yep. Yeah, I um, technical product manager did that for about two years, and then I moved over to the commercial sales side. After that, as a market development and product support manager. So this role required me to, this is when I started doing the travel thing. So we, we would, our company sells through professional distribution only. So we, I would travel to our distribution channels and work with their customers and end users on trainings and, 
and showing them how to use our products. And, you know, we do like lunch and learns We have a projector, you know, and have product to demo. And I'd have, you know, a room full of 30 contractors that I'm presenting our products to and training them. And that, that's kind of uh, going out being in a travel role is, is a lot. It's, it's pretty sweet, man. I would recommend if, if you had the opportunity to do that in, in any position, I think it would be a lot of benef- a lot of benefits can be had, you know, just traveling and just see, I, and I was able to go to, I don't know, every two weeks I'm, I'm almost somewhere else. Yeah. And you just, you just meet a lot of cool people and, and see a lot of things that, you know, you're going to different cities, that big cities and stuff that have a lot of, a lot of cool like, attractions that you can, and I always try and make time, you know, after work stuff or to, to go on, go and see things, you know, on a personal level to just I'd take in the trip, you know. It can be pretty taxing after a while. How do you? Yeah. You know? So that's what I was going to go next. It's right now for me being, you know, I don't have a family or anything and I, it's, it's really cool. But I can see it, you know, in time as I go along that being gone every two weeks can be kind of rough, especially especially when the, I get to the family point in my life. I'm not going to want to miss a lot. But I'm pretty yeah. fortunate in this position that, you know, I'm, I'm home every weekend. You know, very rarely would I have to either book a trip to leave on the weekend or come home on the weekend. And it's pretty flexible. So I'm able to, you know, make my schedule, you know, a couple weeks out. So I kind of, and I usually do a two to three day. So I'll, I'll try and go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then that way it leaves me here on like I'm at home. On. Well, I guess it, it depends on what industry you're in and what your actual job description is, but yeah, you should, um, you should touch on the move a little bit like that opportunity and why you took that, um, you know, the thought process behind making that big move. Cause that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it, it was. And so that's when, so when I moved, I, I was the market development product support manager, but my, my move came with a promotion as a territory sales manager or manager, manager. <laughs> oh, in English, please. <laughs> manager, manager. <laughs> Brendan has a mangina. <laughs> but, uh, so that, that's what brought me to Arizona. It was, um, you know, our company was bought out a couple of years back and they restructured some of the sales organization and it opened up some territories and which I threw my name in the hat because of all my previous, you know, experience with the company that they, they, they gave me that was like first on the list to get the opportunity to, to make this happen. So the territory manager position uh, was the direct sales manager of Arizona and like the Vegas corner of Nevada. So I cover that directly uh, and manage all the accounts out in that territory. So they're like, um, they're like Drew Dog. We got this spot in Arizona, and you're you're like, I want it instantly. You just knew you wanted it. No, well, no, actually, we can we can get into this. Cause I think it's, it's important to have these kind of, and this is how organizations work, right? So this was kind of in negotiations of me, what not. One thing, uh, we knew there were going to be changes happening, and I expressed a lot of interest in relocating for advancement. If if it was, and you know, the only way for me to advance, I felt because everyone in in 
four walls of the organization back home in Ohio, you know, they're fairly young, they're new in their roles. So there just wasn't anywhere for me to go internally. So in order for me to advance, the best bet was for me to probably relocate. And I expressed that I was you know, totally fine with that. So, you know, it's kind of went back and forth that I, I, they knew I wanted to, to advance and I was pretty adamant that I wanted to, to make things happen because I knew there was a shakeup coming. And I just never really got, you know, answers or an official offer. So, and meanwhile, this whole process of happening, I was actually was, was made an offer by uh, another company. Uh, that was a pretty sweet deal that would have involved me relocating to uh, Denver, Colorado. So after going back and forth, I communicated that with the company I am with today. And they, um, you know, kind of gave them almost an ultimatum. I said, you know, here's... I have this offer on the table. I'm seriously considering it. I would like to stay with you guys. I just need to know that, you know, this is a for sure thing and I have room for advancement here. And I gave them, you know, a window of time and it, it just, things didn't work out. Whether it got hung up in upper management, you know, there's a lot of change happening. Uh, so they, they just didn't make it a priority, I guess. Um, which to some people I know it was, no offense to them, but things can go up the ladder and stay up there for quite some time before actual decisions get made sometimes. So I get it. Mm -hmm. So it came down to me. I ended up putting in uh, my notice to leave two month notice. So this was like February of 2017. I said, you know, April 1st uh, is my going to be my last day and I'm moving to Denver. So, and then that week I happened to be in Denver on a, a work trip for the company I, was, I am with doing some trainings and stuff. And, and I was out there, you know, looking for places to, to live, you know, cause I had like, I already committed pretty much. I was just like a signature away of the full commitment. And then on that, the ladder of that week from my manager at the time with uh, what can we do to, we do to keep you kind of conversation so so I, I had to go and basically you know leverage my my experience and time with the company and, and say hey you know I, I've given you guys all the and an opportunity to to make things right and show me that I have room to grow here and you kind of drop the ball on that so I know I made this commitment to another company because I want to advance I want to learn i want i want something challenging like i'm not gonna sit here and settle like i'm not okay with that if i have to I have to go somewhere else and so be it you know i'll always figure it out you know that's Got the some way drive mind, about you that's, that's the way my mind works man so so anyways they um they did make a counter offer for me to involve the opportunity to move uh to arizona which was some place that i always found attractive and wanted to live anyway so it was like uh a really cool opportunity and and i ended up um obviously staying saying yes to that and april 1st instead of moving to denver i actually moved out to to phoenix to phoenix area so i guess you know the thing is don't sell yourself short man people get so hung up on that kind of thing and you know you're gonna have to make tough decisions that was like it literally was the hardest decision i've ever made probably you know and you know, to let the other company down that, that had already made me an offer that I pretty much committed to was really hard for me. You know, I, luckily enough, I have a great relationship with the guy still and still work together with him. But 
that's that was really tough. It was totally life changing. I totally uprooted my life, you know, to to for this opportunity. But being out here and and working on the road and have you know I work out of my home office, so the flexibility is is huge. Um, and I feel like I'm ten times more productive. You know, I, Jimmy, you like you're in the office life. It can be very distracting when you got people coming in and out of the office all the time, or you know, you get emails. So that's it's like the downside of being that dude that we we're talking about that is that is so useful um, and it interacts with so many different people. Is so many different people do need you. So that like obviously that's a good thing for your brand and and uh, your right. career. But it's tough on a day to day when you're in the office because you uh you know the doors open and there's just uh, you know i i kind of have that issue i i've always had a line of people at my door um which is good i mean if i didn't have that line of people i don't think i'm doing i'm doing something not right um but it's definitely a challenge to juggle that yeah so that that's what leaves me here now now i'm uh i'm just a sales dude you know just out here in the az just living dude it's happen. hot out there trying trying to grow the business and continue uh, it, it can be really challenging as well and you gotta because i'm kind of an introvert for the most part unless unless i know you and i've had a couple of silver bullets <laughs> yeah you are but, uh, you, have, you are a little bit of an introvert and pervert and um uh, no so what oh, yeah, what's like, next uh, what's the goal so what's the short term long term well, short term is, you know, continue doing my sales thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the company I'm, I'm with. Obviously, I'm on my 12th year. Uh, there's a lot of room to grow out here, I think, in, in our business, in the spray foam world. Uh, it's just trying to capitalize on that. And, you know, learning the sales game can be kind of really tough, man. It's all really relationship-based, uh, you know, and, and responsiveness. That's what I've found the biggest uh you know, makers of the makers of uh, Salesforce, is you got to kind of be kind of a go-getter attitude, which it's it's almost like I said, the opposite of my my true personality. Like, but it's opened me up a lot, and uh, I've learned a tremendous amount by getting out and being forced into uncomfortable positions. You know, because I'm going to a new city. I'm you know, just even the process of flying alone and like renting a car and you know looking up where you need to stay to be close to specific distribution that you're going to be working with or if you're working with sales reps that, you know, you know, rep are repping your product line in the field. A lot of responsibility. You, you, know, you, you own everything. Customer. A lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And you totally, you totally have the control, which is nice, but if something goes wrong, chances are it's your fault. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just facilitating all that. So it made me way more, I don't know, responsible and, and, and aware. And I, I'm very thankful and, and glad that I, I do these, do these trips and, and I took on this role because it's, it's, it's bringing me out of my comfort zone, which is allowing me to grow. And, you know, I'm meeting tons of people that, you know, I, I you meet people that when you have conversations over drinks or whatever, like customers and stuff. And there, there's a lot of cool people out there in the world, man. And you can learn a lot you know, just by talking to them about their interests and, you know, that everyone's different yeah. and, and, and you, you build that relationship. And then any, anytime, anywhere I go, I feel com comfortable and confident that if, if there's a discussion on our product category, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they're thinking about me, which is, this is exactly what needs to happen when you're in the sales game. Yeah. You know? so, nice, man. Here I am.
So now and then I started this podcast with this other dude hey. uh, that's doing some cool shit, cool shit with his life. So if you want to hear his story, you can jump off with it. Yo, so uh, it, first thing, is it true that it's so hot out there that people don't grow? Uh, dude, I haven't grown a centimeter since I've been here, dude. I, I read that on the New York Times that it's so hot out it's there real. that people don't grow. So everybody's like 5'6". I, I, I'm lucky I, I didn't move here, so I'm like... Five ten, but you got those inches in before you made the move. Yeah, smart. Yeah. So, my career, um, I, I'm about seven years in the game at my current company. We, uh, it's a Xerox company, so we ultimately work for Xerox. It's uh, copiers and printers and stuff like that. We sell and service them. So, um, I was in like a terrible job, uh, a real crappy company, um, and then a, a dude I worked with. Um, he actually, like his brother-in-law worked at my current company and, uh, he, he made the move, came over here and, uh, then he's like, dude, you're not going to believe how awesome it is over here. You got to come check this out. So, uh, he referred me, boom, I got the job next thing, you know, like six or seven of us <laughs> left that other company to come, uh, come over here. So, um, I started in delivery. So I was actually delivering copiers, um, and that was seven years ago. So I was about 24 years old. And uh, it was what was sweet was it was good money and it was four days a week. So I was working four 10 hour shifts, which was awesome at 24 years old. I had a three day weekend every weekend. So that meant party hardy. Um, and th that was kind of my mindset when I first came over here it was because I was still a little young. You know, I wasn't really thinking career yet. Um, but quickly, once I started working here, man, I loved it. They, they, treat people here. We treat people here totally differently than anything I've ever experienced. Um, so loved it. And instantly, uh, you know, I, the career mode kicked in and I'm like, what, what's next? I got to figure out what I'm going to do next. And then, uh, you know, always thinking about my brand. We kind of talked about that. That's something that's really important to me. So anytime I'm interacting with anybody, it's always been important to me that I'm giving, uh, you know, my best and giving, um, just making the Jimmy brand, um, one that, that, that people are really fond of, uh, and that is valuable. So, uh, I'm like looking what's next, what's next, what's next. Well, uh, there's an office, an office role of a dispatcher. So they're the folks that are scheduling the deliveries. Um, so I was on the truck making the deliveries and the dispatcher was kind role was kind of like an esteemed role. Cause it's, it's out of our distribution center and there's not a ton of offices, but dispatchers for each region have their own office. So I wanted my own office. And, uh, and I knew I could do a really good job at that role. So I was pushing and pushing, um, you know, for an opportunity over there. About two years in, um, a spot opened up on that team, and it was offered to me. Uh, so I took it and then proceeded to, um, it's going to sound cocky, but just totally kill it in that role um, because, uh, you know, again, just always thinking of my brand, and then I – I got a rule that's like, nobody's going to work harder than me. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that comes from, you and I have talked about this. It comes from like, just not having much growing up. Um, you kind of yeah. develop this work ethic because you got to work for everything that you have. So in my mind, I, I don't care what we're doing. You're not going to work harder than me. You might be better than me at something, but you're not going to work harder than me. So, um, I'll say harder and smarter because, you know, in, in an office type gig, a lot of the work smarter comes into play. But so anyway, I got in that job and uh, I, I did a really good job. I'm constantly thinking about my brand, um, you know, learning about every different piece of the business like you did. Um, 
being the go-to guy for everybody, being able to make decisions that don't just affect my department, but affect others. Um, and then ultimately kind of being the go-to guy on my team, which was, which was really good. Um, you know, and then, uh, I was expressing some, uh, you know, I wanted to get into to a leadership role and, uh, waiting for something like that to open. I knew I wanted to stay with this company. So I waited, waited, um, and there was a time there where I got a little impatient and uh, I actually interviewed somewhere else and they, um, made me an offer and we were going back and forth. Um, they kept offering me more money to do kind of something similar as the dispatch thing that I was doing. And, um, you know, I ended up just deciding to not take that and just wait it out until something opened up here with my current company. Cause I wanted, I knew I wanted to stay here so bad. So I turned down the money in that occasion to stay where I'm at. And, um, Ultimately, it paid off because a little bit later, a uh, actually a few months later, a leadership role opened up. Um, the manager of uh, basically the production manager and inventory control manager. So it's kind of two roles together. Um, everything inventory related in our distribution center, uh, you manage that. Uh, a team of people, and then also the team of people that uh, puts together the copiers, the production teams. So, what's interesting about that? um is we, we both like, managed the same employee yeah for sure that that's one thing uh <laughs> that i actually fun. just brought on a dude that he's uh he is married to a friend of my wife and turns out he worked for drew at fomo back in the day and now he works for me and the dude is a beast and actually before i just hired him he worked at the place i came from for working <laughs> for a, another friend of mine so um he, he's an absolute beast but Anyway, uh, what's interesting about get me getting that role is, um, you know, I, I run a team, I, I manage a team of folks that are building copiers. And I, I mean, I'm sure I could build a copier, but I never have, nor would I ever want to. It's just not my skill set. Like, I'm not a mechanical dude at all. So what was, what was cool about me getting this opportunity is I was identified, you know, my brand was one that I, I, I can lead people. Um, I'm responsible. People come to me for, for everything I can lead people and I don't necessarily need to know the gig. You know what I mean? So, uh, burping up this Mountain Dew, man, this thing's tasty. Uh, that's sugar. That's too much. I know. Um, but, but anyway, so I getting this role was cool because I, again, I, ha I haven't done the job and you know, it's a, it's a mixed team of people, some older than me, some younger than me. So at the beginning, it's like, oh, this is going to be a challenge because these folks, I got to get the respect of these folks when they know that I can't, I, I don't know how to even do their job, um, which is interesting. But uh, that's where servant leadership comes into play. I'm a big, big, big fan of that. Um, you know, lead by example and, uh, and do the work. You know what I mean? So if I got people building copiers, I might not be able to go build one, but I can certainly help them, you know, wrap their machine, clean something up you know, uh, help break down boxes, get dirty, man. I can do all that. And I will. And, uh, I, I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do. And people know that. Um, and you gotta just, it, you gotta just lead. Um, the, th the thing for me is if, if people know that, that you're there for them, like, like I'm the, I'm the leader of the team, but my job isn't to like, you know, like they're not below me in my opinion. It, it's a, it's an upside down triangle. They're above me upside down pyramid. So everybody that works for me is above me. My job, quite literally, in my opinion, is just to make sure that they can do their job very well. 
it's not to, you know, like bark orders and, and all that. It's I, literally, I'm just here to make sure they can do a good job and whatever they need from me to do that. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. And people love that, man. They like working for somebody like that. I've, I, you know, I've had leaders that are servant leaders and, um, super, super important in my opinion, um, is, you know, um, serve lead by serving. And, uh, that's really, really kind of what's gotten me where I am today. So now I'm going to, what the hell's going on? Sorry, bro. <laughs> dude, what disrespect, dude. <laughs> it was an accident, man. Well, whatever, dude. So anyway, now where I'm at, I've been doing this for a few years now. Um, and I'm to the point where I, you know, I'm like itching, man. I want to, I want to move up. I want to do something else. You know, the goal is, has always been, and, and will be at least in the, in the work environment to, I want to be, I want to be a VP of some sort or the president of the company. Um, and if, if I'm not going to be, you got a 10 extra goals, Grant Cardone. We talked about that book. Yeah. You're, you, there's no reason at all. My goal shouldn't be to run the company. And if, if, if I'm aiming at that and I miss, then I land at the VP level somewhere, which is good for me. Um, especially being somebody without a college education. Now I we will talk, we can talk about that. Um, uh, a little bit later, but, um, or on a separate one, I know we're running long as hell on this one, baby. But, yeah, um, yeah. so, right. so that where I'm at right now is like, I, I want to take on more. And I also like, I want to figure out what my passion is. So, um, I've been trying to figure that out lately. And I think, I think what my passion is and what I'm leaning towards is developing people because that's like when I, when I leave work every day, the, the days that I'm the happiest at work are the days I got to have conversations with people about their career, about their career path. And they want to know what can they do? What should they do? And I help kind of with a succession plan, some career planning, that stuff to me, I, I really enjoy. So, um, I've done some things. I've, I've taken on a, uh, a, I teach a class called splash with our, um, our VP of organizational development. Her and I do this class. It's for young emerging leaders. It's, uh, it's like a six week thing. It goes throughout the year. Um, and they're day long courses on things like, um, it's well, splash it, it's servant leadership. It's what it's all about. So it's everything that goes in that, you know, um, dealing with people, your disc profile, um, how to relate to different people, how to communicate, um, all this different stuff. So I'm teaching that class with her, which is really cool. Uh, going to have an opportunity in like a month to go teach a, a similar course at another one of our sister companies. Um, and I think it's in Minnesota or something like that. But um, so I'm really excited about that. That's some stuff I have going on right now that I'm excited about and seeing kind of where my my career is going to go from here. What's next? It's going to be pretty interesting. Um, but a couple just a couple kind of a quicker that was kind of a quicker story than yours. But there's a couple things that, you know, I mentioned servant leadership. I mentioned always being, you know, thinking about your brand. Um, there's a couple other things that I, I really kind of live and work by that I think have helped me throughout my career. And maybe they can, maybe they can help your punk ass if you're listening um, <laughs> is one is being constantly positive. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. just you, you have to constantly be positive. The people who go home from or who are at work every day, just bitching about everything. Like what on earth are you going to get from that? Like you're here anyway. So if you just want to be here complaining all day, or do you want to be here like making an impact? And then advancing your career, you're, you're tarnishing your brand if you're always negative all the time. So 
You got to be constantly ties, positive. It just ties into everything we've been saying, like in these past couple of podcasts. You know, with this book, you know, your morning routine, your mindset, like getting getting the day going on a on a positive note and maintaining that throughout the day. You'll yeah. you'll find you'll find no one's ever gonna. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're always in a shitty mood and and negative. Like people aren't going to ask you for help. People aren't going to reach out with opportunities because they're like, well, he's going to say no. He's already pissed off about everything else. So why would they even bother, you know, if you put that out there? Yeah. Yep. You're exactly right. You got the positivity is key, man. So, um, and we then all, the last we've one, all done shit that we, we don't, we're not fans of, you know, all the time for right? sure. And if you're not positive about it, guess what? You're going to be doing it forever. It's yeah, counterproductive. Exactly. It's not, if, it, not if, you, if you're always bitching about it and doing a terrible job, and then you're just going to keep, you, you know, you're not going to get a different job. That's it. Unless you quit. Or chances are you're going to go, you're going to, yeah, get quit or fired. And then you're going to go somewhere else and be in the same position until you change your mindset. That's right. Um, and then the last one though, is use your resources. So, um, you know, I, I look at everybody, um, everybody that's around you is, is a resource. They're a tool. And I mean, some, some are actually tools, but like, (laughs) if you look at every, everybody like a tool on your belt. Um, and, and like I said, I, I can't build a copier and I lead a team of people that do, but I, you can guarantee that if somebody were to call me with a question about a step in building one, I can find that answer. I don't know it, but I can find that answer. And that's something I've been really, really good at is you don't have, you don't don't have have to to know everything, just know where (laughs) to get it. That's right. As long as you know where to get you is you're just a middleman for information. You don't have to know everything. Just know where to get it. And uh, man, dude, your your career will fly. Like I, you know, I'm only um, I'm only 22 years old right now, and I'm already in the in a pretty good spot um, just from this kind of thing. No, I'm I'm 30, which kind of sucks, but um, dude, this is like going to be the best decade of our lives. You know, I feel that I'm excited about it. At first, I wasn't. I was pretty like sad about being 30, but then I'm like, you know what? Only one way to look at it, baby, that mindset. Yep. And uh, so anyway, that's me. That's my career. That's where I'm at. Um, and then obviously some stuff on the side, which I, we're going to talk about another one, kind of the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit that we both have and the things we've done. Because um, we got some pretty interesting stories that way, but we'll save that for another one. Um, yeah. That's that's my career, man. Um, and you just got to fucking be positive. Be positive. Be positive. Yeah, keep your shit together. You know, like, and if you feel, if you like where you're at, maybe not necessarily what you're doing. Just, you know, have a little patience and and let, but let somebody know that you're, <laughs> that you want some advancement because you you never get what you don't ask for. You know, a, a closed yeah. mouth never gets fed. You know, you could rattle off tons of quotes like that, and that and that's like. The, one of the realest things that I've found it's it's show your interest and at least let people know that have you know a little pool or whatever or that maybe are higher above you that uh when something comes available just to to get you involved like i I even asked funny story actually we just had our sales meeting uh about well two months ago, and uh we were all having drinks after. You know, we had rented a, a yacht or something to have hang out on for like a team building exercise. So I I literally cornered like <laughs> two or three three VPs of the company, and I just told them I said I, I if you guys are open, I, I you know I, I appreciate some mentorship from you. 
and just to, you know, not necessarily I need to get involved in everything, but if, if you think I can benefit from it, uh, whether or not it, you know, I, I can actually participate, I, I would like to just, you know, maybe sit in on a meeting or, you know, just stuff like that. You know, you, you got to let people know. And it, it was super uncomfortable, or, but luckily I uh, had some uh, little liquid courage. But yeah, you ma- did. Making those bold moves, man, I think it's it's super important. And, and at the end of the day, what what's the worst thing? And honestly, one of the guys or all of them were, were like, that that is really cool that you that you even did that. Like you had the, you know, the gu- the guts to to bring it up, and you know, it meant a lot to them that I was hungry to to learn from them. You know, it, you know, it, it puts them in a good place to be able to do do good things for other people as well. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of people want to help other people, unless they're a stone cold piece of shit, which there are some of those out there. But they exist. That's real though. You got to get uncomfortable, dude. You, nothing. You not nobody grows from being comfortable. You got to get out of your comfort zone. When I when that opportunity came to teach that, uh, instruct that class um, that I'm doing right now, it, it came across and, uh, you know, it, it was open up. It was clear that, that um, she was looking for somebody to, to take on that with her. And um, I, uh, you know, I'm like, I didn't even really think about me doing it. I'm just like, oh, you know, somebody's going to do that. I, I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't think about me doing it at all. And then, yeah. you know, my boss, um, luckily I, I, you know, he's, he's an incredible dude and a really great leader. He, you know, we were just sitting there talking about it one day and he's like, you know, you have to do that. Right. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm already crazy busy. I, I just do a lot. I, I, I got my hands in all these different things like you, and you think I should take on that, you know? And he's like, look, dude, take it on. If you need help if, with anything behind the scenes, I'll help you out. I'll do whatever you need. And I don't want my name on any of it, but that's something you need to do for your brand. And I'm like, man, that, you know what? Let's do it. That's a great idea. So I reached out. I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to jump in and teach this class. I want to take over that whole program. And, um, you know, at first I'm like, man, what have I done? And it's been, I, I went through the class, but it's been a couple of years, but I'm like, man, this is going to suck at first. I, I'm not familiar with the coursework anymore. You mm-hmm. know, like, um, it, it's pretty interesting. And, uh, I was like very, very, uh, nervous. I'm like, this was a bad choice, but I've been yeah. doing it now, man, for, for several months. One of the, if not the greatest decision I've made, um, in my career is to do that. Cause now more and more things are coming from that. I'm getting different opportunities and, and it, aligns, uh, it, it aligns with your, with your, you know, your passion finding of helping other that's people. That's exactly right. Yep. It, it falls in with what I'm passionate about. And I, um, and now I look back and I'm like, why was I even, even hesitant about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. That, that's fav- my, probably my favorite part of my job right now. So, and that's just the know, thing. Comfortable. Yep. And, and typically it, <laughs> it turns into something that you actually enjoy. You know, it's only uncomfortable because you you tell yourself that it is initially and because you don't know it, but how do you learn anything? You just start doing stuff. Yep. That's I right. always, I always want, like I was on the 401k committee. I was on, I was a, medical first aid responder for work so anything that there's some type of committee you know when i was in the at the home office i was like sign me up why not you know oh same here dude and they you know it's funny is like growing up you get all that like if you sign up for anything you're like a brown noser you know what i mean yeah so there's that there's that when you get in the workforce there's still kind of that stigma and i mean people still think that but look the people who think that way are not going anywhere they're not going anywhere and they're certainly not paying me any money. So, um, 
Yeah. Like, I'm good. I put me in everything and people can think whatever they want. But at the end of the day, while they're thinking it from wherever they're at, I'm going to be in all these meetings with all these different people, getting my name out there, promoting my brand and uh, and moving up, man. Oh, straight up. All right, dude, man. It's a long one. There's a lot there. It's because your career, you're like 40 and your career is so. Dude, I have my resume is two pages and it's one company with different titles. Straight up. That's tight. That's good move. You know? That is a good move. You don't need to be job hopping. Hey, I stay loyal, bro. They say yeah. these hoes ain't loyal, but but Drew's loyal. These Drews is loyal. These Drews is loyal. All right, man. Well, that's um. We'll wrap it up then with that. Um. So hit me up, hit us up, mindset to Mike on uh, your social media, your Facebook. You're gonna listen to us on Anchor, iTunes. We're going to set up some um, YouTube and like a SoundCloud type thing too because we understand that it's a little difficult to listen to unless if you don't have an iPhone and don't have the Anchor app. So we're working on it. Um, and then uh, hit us up, dude. Hit me up on you know Facebook, Jimmy Svickovich. Uh, I got to create like some like a business one for this stuff so people aren't just peeping pictures of my wife and kid. <laughs> so i'll do, i'll i'm gonna make some stuff man and you can follow me on there but right now instagram is good fly life gym or no instagram jcvitk wow C-V-I-T- jcvitkovich <laughs> uh, that's me and i post a bunch of stuff about stoicism and books and shit like that that's pretty enjoyable so check that out yeah and don't worry about my old twitter we'll get into that uh, on, <laughs> on subsequent episodes drew how do they find you I am on the Facebooks as uh, Andrew Castle, you know, and then uh, Entrepreneur on the Instagram is a new account I created uh, that I'm focusing on the entrepreneurial stuff. So the you know the podcast and anything else that we got in the up and comings of business. I think we both have some things going on, on the side at all times, so we'll, we'll continue to talk about that as we go on, but. That's where you can find me, and uh, feel free to reach out. You know, like the Facebook page, Mindset to Mike. We'll try and be better about posting more content other than just the actual episodes. Kind of interact with you guys more, uh, and try and try and gain some traction there. So, other than that, I think that's it. All right, y'all, go grow your brain somewhere, Nuggleheads. <laughs> Stay productive and get shit done. <laughs> <laughs>